Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. My name is Trina Ramsey, and I am very pleased and excited to be moderating this conversation this evening on the Power Network. We are going to discuss race, politics, and conflict in America today with an ear towards building bridges to unity. And I'm very pleased to be here with several co-hosts from the Power Network, and we'll be introducing each person. And our fearless leader, Russ Terry, will be joining us in the middle of the show as well to share his insights. But I thought I'd, I'd start by telling a little bit of background about how we got here today to be on the air and also the Power Network in general. The Power Network is actually an, an acronym The letters are peace, one love, wisdom, empowerment, and revolution. And it's a sister network to the Life Coach Radio Network. And we've been on Life Coach Radio Network for, I believe we're coming up on fourth or fifth year anniversary. Actually, I think we just passed our fourth year anniversary. And as things got more heated in our world, Um, more conflict in the world. We had started back in 2015 by having a kindness challenge that we launched on uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th in 2015. And we've had several shows about kindness, about unity, about race relations. And late last year, Russ came to me uh, with this idea of having a separate network that really dug into more of the social justice end of things. And so over time, we ended up launching the Power Network. It launched literally on Inauguration Day in January of 2017, and we did that very purposefully. We really wanted to build a space for people to own and to be able to direct their own truth, and to convene important conversations like we're having this evening. So if you actually think you might be interested in jumping in and you have something to say, certainly join us this evening during this conversation, and the call-in number is 619-924-0980. But also, if you're interested in hosting please feel free to hit me up on Facebook. My name is Trina Ramsey, or you can leave a, leave a post on the Life Coach Radio Network, and we will make sure to follow up with you. So let's dig in. Uh, we're in a turbulent time in our country right now, and those of us who are part of Life Coach Radio Network and part of the Power Network really decided that it was important following the horrible incidents in Charlottesville almost two weeks ago that resulted in Heather Heyer losing her life after someone rammed a car through a crowd of peaceful protesters. And then, of course, we are seeing unfolding every single day reaction to that. There was a a counter-protest in Boston this past Saturday that brought out thousands of people there is the, the tension is ratcheting up in our country, and we wanted to talk about it. So I'm going to introduce our panel right now, and I'm going to start with 
Frank. Frank, can you tell us a bit about yourself and what made you decide to jump in on this show this evening? Thank you, Trina. Um, my name is Frank Maduri. I'm the newbie here. I joined Life Coach Radio Network a few months ago. I'm a certified professional coach, as I think we all are on this panel, uh, writing coach, life coach. I'm a freelance writer, and uh, I work with people to unlock the potential they have within themselves so that they can achieve their objectives and goals. Uh, I'm host of the program Undivided on Life Coach Radio Network, uh, which focuses on the barriers that society has put in, in place and how we break them down and how we reach common ground to realize that we're all uh, part of this together and part of a greater and broader community to achieve peace and, and harmony. So when this happened, when the events transpired, I felt that it was incumbent upon me to get involved in the conversation when I saw this event was going to be happening uh, to be on the panel because it's, it's everything that went on in, in Virginia was against what I'm trying to do with, with my show and with what I'm trying to do in, in the greater world in my own community. So I feel it's, uh, uh, it's going to be a great conversation for us to all have, and I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. Well, welcome to the family, Frank. Thank you. This is our first time. You're welcome. And I really love the positioning of your show, and you're exactly right. That's right on time with what we're talking about. And so I'm really glad that you decided to jump in. Okay, next we're going to go to Tanja. Uh, Hello, Irene. Thank you for – I'm sorry, (laughs) Trina. Thank you for inviting me. I am also a licensed life coach um, and um, focused on assisting um, people, you know, with – and more specifically helping people just try to find some understanding on their everyday lives and what's going on. And I wanted to uh, definitely be a part of this conversation and to be a part of this power network because um, I just found myself having difficult conversations with people with opposing views, and I just wanted to try to bring some awareness to how um, what I like to say, everyone should have a seat at the table so that we can try to work through this. And mm-hmm. um just maintain our energy and our faith and, you know, just try not to be so angry and frustrated all the time. So I am really grateful for uh, your invitation to allow me to uh, speak on this panel. Thank you very much. Awesome. And thank you, Tanja, for, for jumping in. And what's the name of your show on Power Network? Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. I'm so sorry. Uh, my name, the name of my blog talk radio show is uh, What's Tanja Talking About? And um, it's an eclectic show. We talk about anything that, you know, may be hot at the time. So not necessarily along the lines of the Power Network, but still open to that type of conversation. Thank okay. you for reminding me. Excellent. And I love that quote that you said, everyone should have a seat at the table. And that's exactly why we're here, to be able to create the table and to be able to to convene the types of conversations that that are important to have with everyday people. Okay, Irene. Yes, hi, how are you? My name is Irene Black. 
I'm actually a life and career transition coach. In addition, I also, you know, facilitate conversations on Black Talk with Tanja. So I'm a co-host of Tanja's on what Tanja is talking about. Um, as a trend, you know, I mean, given, you know, the, the climate of where we're at as a country, I just feel like it, it's a time of great transition. And, you know, during transitions, like my clients, it's hard to cope and manage and develop, you know, the appropriate mechanism to move you forward. So when you came up with, you know, the, the topic of, you know, uh, where we're going, you know, with regards to race, relations, and conflict, um, I, 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 it resonated with me because it's already what I do in my day-to-day, you know, when I'm coaching clients and when we're facilitating conversations around, you know, health and wellness, you know, and, you know, moving forward, we're going to also be looking into talking about, you know, how to cope with, you know, how um, the presidency has impacted us. And I'm hoping that in this conversation we can definitely delve deeper into this. But I thank you very much. I look forward to a very spirited conversation where we're all at the table can not only give our insights but also move people forward with some, you know, with some aspirational hope that, yes, although we might have been, we might be at a pivotal point where we're the most divided since the Civil War, there's still hope in us moving forward. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm I'm really struck when I listen to everyone's introduction how perfectly all of our backgrounds are fitting together to be able to, to add our unique strengths and vantage points to this conversation. So I'm really, again, very glad, very thankful that we are here today. And I also want to make note, we actually have a caller with the 202 area code starting with 213. If you would like to join in the conversation, push one on your phone and we can put you on the air. And otherwise, if you're just listening, you don't have to do anything and we will just let you hang out and thank you for joining us today. And they pushed one, so. Hi Hi. there. Who, Who is this and where are you calling from? My name is Angela Lynn, and I'm calling from Milford, Delaware. And, right. uh, really and what I'd like to do is just listen in for a while and interject. Uh, I have a whole lot to say, but I want to listen to the panel and, <laughs> and get their their thoughts about this madness that we find ourselves in. So I'm just going to listen in and then chime in. I just wanted to let you know that I am here and looking forward to the conversation. Okay. Awesome. Well, Angeline, I'm really glad that you joined us. Everyone, Angeline is actually another counterpart on the Power Network. She and I and several other ladies worked together to put on the monthly show Revolutionary Sisters of the Diaspora. And um, Angeline is, has been just wonderful in steering that effort since January because we actually had our first show the day before inauguration to say goodbye to the Obamas and focus on our wonderful former First Lady, Michelle Obama. And and, uh, so it's been a great ride, and I'm really glad that you were able to be here today. So I will mute your phone, and if you want to speak again, just go ahead and push one again. Okay, thanks. Okay, thanks. 
Okay, so let's let's get started, and why don't we start from the the, the personal perspective? I I think several people talked about their own reaction to what's happening in our world right now. And one of the things that we want to be sure to share is to, number one, be clear and transparent that, you know, yes, we are coaches, yes, we are positive people, but also we are people who are feeling some kind of way about what's happening right now. So we are going to get to solutions. We are committed to getting to solutions and forward action. But I would like for each of you to just share your, you know, kind of where you are emotionally in this space right now. And, Frank, I'll come back to you first. Okay. Uh, thank you, Trin. For me, I've just really – Going through the emotions, uh, was very upset when it first transpired and to see people act in the way that they did. And now I'm at the point where I feel like we have to move beyond that and focus on where do we go from here? Uh, because that was so jarring to me to realize that people still either thought or felt or reacted to certain things that way and would uh, resort to... Uh, you know, striking another person or hitting another person or all the stuff that went on. And I feel it's just incumbent on us right now to say, okay, it's happened. We recognize that. And now how do we move beyond that? Where does it start with, with me individually? And as hard as it is for me, I have to uh, love everyone and come to a place of understanding so that I can be a positive influence on the lives of those around me and on other people so that hopefully they can make changes necessary in their own life uh, so that they can move forward in a positive way. So that's kind of where things are for me right now is, is looking at it saying, okay, how do we heal this? Because this is a real open wound for so many people. And, and it's so upsetting that people would treat each other that way, but at the same time, how, how do we bandage it and how do we come together and how do we move on? Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for your openness. Okay, Tanja, I'm going to come back to you. Well, um, for me, it it differs from day to day in total transparency, Trina, because um like you said, we are life coaches, and we do try to focus on remaining positive. But sometimes, depending upon who I'm engaging with or a video that I may see sometimes that may have an effect on my energy level. So I'm, I'm here because not just I want to help other people get through their anger and their frustration, but sometimes I need that support too. Sometimes I need to speak with other life coaches to help build my energy back up because um, it's very, very disturbing for me to see the images that I saw on television from Charlottesville, and it, it hits me twofold because I have a 19-year-old son, and i I got to be honest with you, I, I really didn't imagine us being here in 2017, and I, I really didn't, I've never seen what I've seen on television and what's been transpiring the last eight months, 
I, I haven't seen it to this degree in my lifetime. So, you know, I'm here not just to help others that are close to me that may be feeling some type of way, but also to plug back in to more positive energy so that I can rebuild myself, get my energy levels back up. So it's twofold for me because, as you stated earlier, it's, it's, it's not just about being a life coach. It's about being a, a human being also, a person, a real-life person living through this. Yes, and I'm, I'm glad you, you stated that because, you know, I have definitely been going through similar cycles. I also have a son who is 19 years old. And so, you know, ever since we really have entered this season, really, um, this new era where there, and part of it is because of social media, but going way back to when Trayvon Martin was killed, you know, as a mother of a dark-skinned, tall, black young man, it's frightening. There's no two ways about it. It's frightening. To, to think that there are people in the world who still have that level of hatred purely because of the color of your skin and that that, that our elected leaders are are part of the problem. Um, and so I'm going to leave it there, and I'm going to go to Irene. Yeah. So I have to, you know, be honest with you as well. I have a mixture of emotions. You know, one moment I, you know, I, I see what's happening, and it breaks my heart, you know, because of how, you know, divided we are in terms of race relations. We just came off of an administration that was built on progress and hope. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you felt you felt that, that energy of progress and hope within the last eight years of the last administration. Then we transitioned into something starkly different with such a dark, dark energy that you can't help but to really, 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 you know, wonder, like, where is it that we're going, you know, and how, although we want to be hopeful when we see certain images, it definitely, you know, brings up, you know, level one and two energy levels within us, right? You know, I have a son, and mm-hmm. I pray that, hey, you know, he's only a year old, so, you know, he's not gonna, uh. he's not affected by this, he's not impacted, but by the time he gets of age, you know, he's going to be a black man in America, um, that he doesn't have to deal with what we're dealing with. So this is, in essence, like post-Civil War era for us, but with the, mm-hmm. you know, Civil Rights era for us, with the post-Civil War, you know, element to it, if that makes any sense to you. But then there are other times where I feel hopeful and encouraged. I mean, after what mm-hmm. happened in Charlottesville, Virginia, and, and you know, rest in peace, you know, to, to, to Miss Heather, that, you know, standing up for what's right, she, you know, it course of her life. However, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we look at what happened in Boston and, you know, you have these, uh, these, these, these white nationals, and I'm just going to be politically correct, you know, for the purpose of, you know, what's being reported. You know, they go into, you know, Boston, and they're met with 40,000, you know, <laughs> protest, counter-protesters. So it's showing us that, you know what, the country, you know, little by little, if we band together, we can kind of wipe the remnants 
of, you know, let's say the Holocaust with Hitler because those these are the descendants, mm-hmm. you know, of Hitler, you know, or, you know, the, the Robert E. Lee descendants, you know, who had a hard time accepting the fact that we won the Civil War and the Confederate has mm-hmm. no, you know, is not a factor in how, you know, the fabric of this country. So you have those. So, yeah. You know, the more people band together, the more we send out, you know, there's strength in numbers. So that's, that, you know, that time I feel hopeful. And then other times, i got to be honest with you, of course we're in this over, over, you know, information, you know, overload, and the only mm-hmm. way to kind of cope is to unplug. I, in all yeah. honesty, since, you know, we, you know, November 10th, I stopped watching CNN or the news for that matter because every time mm-hmm. you turn on the TV, it's like you're, even though it's not directly impacting you, the energy impact you and it impact is going to affect you physically. So I don't want to catch a headache. <laughs> I don't want to bust a blood vessel. So I just stay, you know, I unplug myself and that kind of, you know, helps, you know, with the coping mechanism. So, you know, it's just, you know, merit of, of, of feelings that's happening. And then think about how it's breaking up families. Cause you know, you have one family who, you know, who supports one political agenda and another family that supports another, you know, uh, an opposite and it's leading to divorces, you know, families are disowning each other. So, again, mm-hmm. that brings me back to feeling heartbroken, like, okay. <laughs> it's like, how are you supposed to really feel, you know? And, again, right, to exactly. the point. it's like day-to-day, you know, day-to-day. So that's, it shows that we're and human. And that's all you can do. Yeah, yep, we're humans, and we're yeah. going through a human uprise. Yeah, exactly, Absolutely. exactly. Yeah. And you pointed to one solution. I'm going to come back to that, but we do have a caller who would like to get on the line. So I'm turning on your mic. Um, your number showing up is restricted, but if you had your hand raised and you haven't spoken yet, your mic is live. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, Trina. It's Genevieve Khan. How are you? Hi, Genevieve. How are you? Great. I'm I'm doing well, thank you, and uh, thank you for letting me on the call. Um, for some reason, with the way my Skype setup is showing up, is res- restricted. But uh, anyway, no um, I'm. Thank you for for having this tonight. I'm really happy to to be on here with all of you, and I want to just echo the sentiments that have been expressed. Um, being from where I am, I guess you could say that I have quote unquote white privilege. Um, because I, I am a mixed race, but I, I definitely do look lighter. Um, but I wanted to, you know, saying that means that, you know, I, I so want to pitch in in whatever way I can as far as, um, you know, the push for equality. Uh, I'm, I'm very, Trina knows I feel very strongly about this. And it's difficult, um, you know, since this latest administration came in to to feel hopeful. However, um, I actually live in the Boston area, and um, I was very happy to hear about the counter-protesters and things like that. Um, most people that I know um, in this area are not of that white nationalist background whatsoever. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to, just kind of wanted to raise my hand and say, you know, I, I don't know exactly how to help, but I know that I want to. Mm, awesome. Well, I also want to just uh, shout out Genevieve. She's one of our alumni from My Touch Radio Network, and she was very involved in all of the shows that we did on 
love and unity and kindness and race. And I remember us doing a very, very powerful show together similar to this um, where she shared a lot of her personal perspective. So I'm really glad that you made it on the air, and it's good to hear your voice, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, my friend, and really wonderful to hear all of you. And I would love to hear any feedback that anybody has as far as how can we help and how can we come to some sort of of common ground, for want of a better term. Absolutely. Thank you. And that's definitely uh, top of mind. We wanted to unpack the issues a little bit more, but we definitely, we will not leave this hour without getting to what's next. So thanks again. Thanks again, Genevieve, for calling in. Thank you. So so anyone else who who is listening, if you would like to, to call in and get in the conversation live, you're definitely more than welcome to do so. Just dial 619-924-0980 and push 1, and we will put you on the air. Okay. So let's um, let's talk about the issue of unity. Um, that is part of our title here: building bridges to unity. And I am going to start with Tanja this time. What comes to mind when when you say the word unity, and especially in light of where we are right now today? I think it goes back to my original statement, everyone has to have a seat at the table. Um, We cannot have any true unity, any global unity, unless everyone is represented represented and has a voice. Um, This overwhelming male energy that's been, you know, just kind of like dominating the globe, not just the U.S., you know, for the last tens or hundreds of years, uh, it's time for a shift. We need to have a little bit more feminine energy in there, and we just need to have conversations. But one of the things I've noticed um, while I was trying to have a conversation um, with, I guess, someone who supports Trump and the energy that comes behind it is we are having this conversation together, but we're all like-minded. And what would really be a good thing to have is to have someone be a part of the conversation who may be willing to discuss their point of view without being callous or flippant or not being able to express empathy or sympathy for people of color or women and, you know, what we go through as a race or a gender. And so I find that we're having this conversation amongst ourselves, and that's good. But how, and I question this myself, how do we get to a point where we can have a conversation, Trina, as I was just speaking with you before we went live, about a video that I mistakenly watched before we started our show, how do we begin to incorporate and have that conversation with the man who says the answer to Black Lives Matter is a bullet in the back? You know, can we really, how do we move forward? Like, is it a possibility to speak with people like that? Is that something that 
we should try to explore, and I think that's my question here, but I do think that conversation is what's most needed. But how do we have conversations with people who don't think like us? That's where I'd like to try to move forward to. Yeah, wow, that was, you said a lot. You said a lot there. And I don't mean the length, but the potency of everything that you just said um, in terms of the um, having more diversity, not just of color and racial background, but also having more women in the mix. Um, there was so much resistance to um, Hillary Clinton, you know, a lot of, uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, but it is a boys' club. I mean, when you look at um, pictures, you know, of the administration that is in power right now, and you basically see a bunch of gray-haired white men. Right. And they're basically kind of like high-fiving each other and reinforcing kind of the, the, the worldview that they have. And so you're exactly right that part of it is how do you get to have a, a constructive conversation with someone who doesn't have the same views? And so much of our world right now is win-lose. Everything feels like win-lose, you know, and that's, it's hard to even come back from a place like that. Um, so I'm going to pause. We do have another caller on the line, and I just want to acknowledge you if you would like to speak Push one on your phone, and we'll put you on the air. I see a caller from the 404 area code. And if you don't want to speak, that's totally fine, and you can just hang out um, and listen. And, again, thank you for joining us. And they just pushed their mic. So, Hi there. You're on your on the air. What's your name, and where are you calling from? Hey, this is Naj in Atlanta. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for calling. So um, what's on your mind? Yeah, just remember, you guys said press one, so you asked for trouble. I did not uh, come offering the trouble for free. <laughs> okay. Just want to say Oh, that. okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> come on. <laughs> We're listening. Yeah, I, I think sometimes uh, we can start, you know, getting in these academic spaces and start speaking of things in ways that don't actually really relate to reality. And, and it's really hard. It's, it's hard to get to where we want to be as opposed to dealing with what we're dealing with now. So it's like, okay, conversations are good. Uh, diversity is a good thing. But no matter what, we're talking about the absence of power. Uh, if one group has a disproportionate amount of power and the ability to enforce that power socially, economically, through the law, and every other realm of society, then we are going to have these problems that just bubble to the surface more during economic turmoil. So all of these problems existed before that person, uh, you know, was in the office. And this whole naivete of people saying, oh, I did not know that people were just, you know, just stratified. Like, no, well, we, we operate what is in essentially an apartheid system in this nation, and we don't want to acknowledge it. So, I mean, that's the difficulty here. Yes, it's sexist. Yes, it's racist. Yes, it's built on the idea that some people who are on the bottom, even with, you know, the ability to have white skin and can't access white privilege, they're convinced that if they just support the ruling structure, that they'll eventually get crumbs big enough to justify staying on that side. 
and we've had this problem throughout the history of America. And this is not something that that can be approached just by having these conversations. Like the idea of living wages, the idea of uh, people having, uh, you know, housing that's actually affordable, just living standards, period. Like that's the biggest fight everybody has to have. But when you have people who benefited so much from how this nation was set up, and I'm talking about government benefits for the people who always tell us about handouts, GI Bill, uh, FSA loans, the highway system, and everything else, all these government benefits that they accumulated over the decades, which they transformed into wealth, uh, and then look at us and say, hey, why is your stuff so raggedy? Without actually understanding the history of this country, it's a dangerous proposition to even sit down with these people because they think you just don't get the world, and if you just put your head down and work a little harder, things will be equal. It's like, nah, man, we're talking about huge Mm -hmm. swaths of people dealing with inequality and racism on a daily basis. And either we're going to confront that and fix it or we're not. But having conversations Mm -hmm. with people who are near Nazis or really, really close to being uh, outright racist, like that's not gonna, you're not going to convince them of anything, and it's not really going to change the meter up. But no matter what, we're talking about the issue of power. Uh, right now, what I'm hearing on the left is us wanting to have the ability to influence power. And if that's the case, then we'll be dealing with this again in another few years as the economy ticks down and ticks up, and it'll just be this push and pull of, you know, constant, you know, trying to get this country to do what, you know, what's listed on the Constitution and Bill of Rights and everything else. So, I, like I said, these are tough conversations, and I know I'm on my high horse right now, but, you know, I, <laughs> I just feel like these are, you know, like, no matter what, man, it just has to be said. Like, this is a power dynamic that just has to be fixed before we talk about fixing anything else because it just won't happen. There's too much incentive for people to keep things as they are. You're exactly agree. right. You're exactly right, and thank you. Thank you. And and that's part of the reason that we're here is because we don't want to pussyfoot around this stuff. It's, these are very difficult conversations. And as um, I believe it was Tanja who was saying, you know, it doesn't do any good for, for us to preach to the choir. But um, so I have, a, I have a question for you. What is your opinion about what can help change the tide to, to shift that dynamic? Because you're right, the people – who have the 1%, the 5%, top 1%, 5%ers who are holding most of the wealth in the country, it is not to their best interest to change anything whatsoever. And that's a huge reason. And the person in the White House is of that ilk. And regardless of the fact that he sold red meat to folks at the bottom of the economic strata who look like him but are not people that he relates to, that's part of the issue, too. And um, apparently they just are, are still thinking that that whole thing is going to trickle down to them one one grand day. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's sad to see people go for that okey-doke again. And, look, of course, I am who I am, so I look at race and class always as the major components of America. So, yes, we need a reparations mm-hmm. bill. Yes, we need a universal basic income bill. Yes, we uh, infrastructure built throughout rural America uh, where the people have been forgotten by the factories that left them, and I guess they were still supposed to keep voting through them for the next few decades, let Hillary and them tell it. But, you know, those things have to be addressed. We have to figure out the living standards of Americans, what's acceptable and what's not. 
But if we just continue to tweak things towards the top, then, you know, we're going to have these issues. But those are my main concerns, race and class. That's how you fix America in my mind. And we just have to be strong enough to say, hey, we can divert a whole lot of this military budget towards actual nation building within this actual nation. So that's Mm -hmm. my thing. Mhm. Absolutely. Thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate what you're adding to the conversation. Oh, appreciate it, man. Thanks for letting me be heard, and I'm just going to hang back, I guess, and listen to you guys. But uh, thanks for letting me Okay. Out. So, again, I've got to mute you, but if you would like to speak again, push push one, and, and we'll put, you, put your mic back on. Okay. Right. So I'm going to... Um, to Frank for a second just to respond either share what you what we were talking about in terms of unity if you have something that you would like to share some insights um, from our last caller and I am aware that we do have one more caller that wants to get on the line so after Frank we'll have the next caller Frank you got the mic okay I didn't know if you wanted to kick it to me or not thanks thanks Trina uh, it's just really sad to me, the whole thing. As I look at the, all this anger being directed every which direction, and i got to put it out there that I'm not a really political person. I don't see politicians as the answer to anything. I don't think they can deliver <laughs> the change that's needed anyway. So I've always looked at it as something that is not going to impact my life to the degree, you know, I know people that work three jobs. And we were talking before the election, so your life is not going to change. It's not like one way or the other, you're going to have one job someday. It's not going to happen that fast. Uh, Change is slow, uh, economically, socially, culturally. But we all tend to do it. We all put, and this is what I'm trying to get people to move beyond it, is we put labels on people. We label people and put two people in different boxes mm-hmm. you know even to you know, the point of oh so-and-so is an accountant so he couldn't write a book yeah you know who says that who said they, they couldn't do that so-and-so is this and so-and-so is that and, and then even trying to drive divisions among people along all different types of lines uh, we talked about gender earlier and i think that's a huge issue so you have the gender issue you have demographics you have age discrimination. You have age demographics. Oh, you can't be friends with that person. That they're they're sixty and you're forty or whatever. I have friends that are twenty years older than me. I have friends that are twenty years younger than me. Uh, so I'm in a different and unique position because I hear from all of them about what they're dealing with. But buying into that, buying into the labels, and buying into you know this person is this way or that way is what I like to call the negative feedback loop. And I think that we're, we could get stuck in that, uh, this anger and hate being directed at people. And it just it, it doesn't ever change. You just keep getting cycled in it. And at a point, you have to get beyond that. You have to let that go for a lot of reasons. I mean, it's not healthy. We know that. Uh, as coaches, we certainly, everyone on this panel knows that. Uh, so I think that everyone gets into that uh, where they're looking at all these divisions that the culture is putting on us. And and to a certain degree, they don't exist because we're more alike than we are unalike. And I've talked about this on my show. I think it, it sounds corny, and I think it was on a Google commercial, but it's yeah. true. And, mm-hmm. and we all want to take care of our families, meet our basic human needs, put a roof over our heads, 
and feel loved and respected and treasured for the talents that we have. And until we get to that point, and, and our culture has gone so far away from that and the secular notion, and we've gone so far away from religion, and until we get to that and, and recognize that we're all children of God, and we're all here, and we all are endowed by God with certain rights, we all have certain talents and skills given to us by our Creator, until we get to that point and realize we've got to love each other like sisters and brothers, we're really going to be lost. And, and that's where I'm trying to move the needle is, is forget about all this other stuff. Uh, forget about the labels, forget about the groups, forget about the politicians. We've got to do it on a one-on-one basis in your workplace, in your community center, in your parish, in your church. We've got to move this together and we've got to go out in the grocery store. I talk to people, you've got to do this on an individualized basis. So then that ripple effect, as you and I talked about before the show, that, that stone mm-hmm. in the pond goes out. People say, oh, wow, he's so happy and he's so full of joy and he's so <laughs> at peace. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. got to build out. And I know it sounds cliche, but that's where we have to go. That's where we have to get this thing. Yeah. I don't know how we do that, but that's where we have to go. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that, Frank. And I, I definitely appreciate the space that you're coming from. And it is needed but the, you know just like the last caller getting there and you know getting the collective will to turn the ship it's easier said than done and I believe that this is Russ on the line so I'm going to turn your mic on Russ Terry is that you it sure is great job Trina leading us and uh, I got to hear Frank's comments and the caller's comments and I'm grateful to all of you for your efforts and I have some input on what Frank just said, if you're so willing and game to hear it. Absolutely. Okay. So for me, you all know me. I try to be Mr. Positive all the time. And luckily that's how I naturally am. Now, as you can imagine, the events that have transpired in the U.S., Election Day have been challenging, unfortunate, frustrating, upsetting, all of those things. And I'm experiencing those emotions right there along with everybody else. That said, and especially, I mean, the Charlottesville thing was on my freaking birthday, for God's sake. You know, I mean, I. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So for me personally, and this is my story and how I remain positive. I try not to immerse myself in the coverage of everything that's going on. It doesn't mean that I don't know that it, it has all happened. I know because it's everywhere. You can't avoid that it's happened. But I try not to immerse myself in it because if people are relying on me to be positive, then I need to keep myself positive. And the best way to keep myself positive is to avoid the negative. Now, that said, for the people that are immersing themselves in it, I try to stay judgment-free of them. You know, there are some people that all their Facebook posts are about what's going on, and mm-hmm. that's how they want to respond. So whereas I'm saying I don't want to consume the coverage, they're saying I want to be all in the coverage, and I think we can each be accepting of each other regardless of 
how we personally want to respond to everything that's going on. That's that's a very balanced. That's very balanced. And actually, uh, Irene mentioned earlier um, that that was part of her self care was by taking the time and um, unplugging and not watching the news. So, so definitely, that's one of the one of the solutions. One of the positive points. Um, so, so thank you for contributing that, Russ. And I'm so sorry that happened on your birthday. That's just that's just crazy. Yeah. Okay, you know I'm more sorry for the woman who died and the people yeah. who knew her and loved her yeah. and um, were there that day and experienced that horrible incident. Um, and you know maybe it was my own self care, like. Okay, now I'm really mad. The KKK planned something on my birthday. You know, now mm-hmm. they're going to have to pay for doing that. You know, and I mean, I know I'm being a little bit humorous, but um, you know, I was texting with you earlier. I think humor helps in these situations, not to make a joke of everything mm-hmm. that's going on, but to help to have balance in our life. Um, one actually TV show that helps is. Uh, I don't know if any of you watch the Carmichael show, but it's a really great satire of a lot of the crazy things that are happening in our country right now in a funny thing. And again, it doesn't mean that we don't recognize the seriousness of what's going on, but here's a black family in North Carolina, um, middle class, like many of us. And, some of them are uh, support the president, some of them against the president. And when we watch the episodes that discuss him, it helps us see a balanced point of view and helps us laugh. And I think at this time more than ever, laughter is healthy and laughter helps us be positive. And when we're positive, I think we can be in a better headspace to come up with Absolutely, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, Russ. I'm so glad you made it. And of course, feel free to jump in. I am going to swing swing back over to Irene, who we haven't gotten to speak in a while. So there's been a lot that has been discussed since I posed the last question. So feel free to jump in on whatever you want to comment on. Okay. Well, there. I mean, there was a, a, a great wealth of information that, you know, was um, contributed towards the conversation. To Tanja's point, when we're talking about, you know, there's not enough feminine energy, it's funny that she brought up the feminine energy because I look around, you know, I, when I think about, you know, where we at globally, you know, I mean, I'm, as, as, as a master holder, you know, degree holder, we're trained to think kind of, you know, from a broad spectrum, so I like to think outside the United States, but there's been a lot of significant um, progress made from that front where a lot of, you know, you see women now as heads of state, you know, in these, you know, these countries, you know, powerful countries. I don't know how the United States could be one of the superpowers of the world, and I understand how we got there, but how can we be a superpower in this day and age and have a hard time accepting the possibility of having a woman as, as a head of state? 
that's one, you know, that's, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the ways that we got here, right? Um, when you go, you know, outside the country, you know, to somewhere like Germany, I, I respect Germany. And one of the things I hold highly, you know, with Germany about is, you know, you had the Holocaust. You do not see a statue of Hitler in Germany. You know, a statue right. is like a it's like an honorable mention. You know, so having these different statues of the you know the of Confederate soldiers is like an empowerment. You know, and it kind of charges the antagonism that we're seeing now. I mean, it was always there, but because of where we're at and who's at the head of the state now, it kind of dredges it up and boils it up to the top. You know, like the caller mentioned. So it would make sense that we're here. I'm not surprised. I understand how we got here. Um, but, you know, like Russ said, hey, you know, the best thing to do is to unplug. Another thing, you know, you can do as well so that, you know, you don't end up in the therapist <laughs> chair is, you know, find something that's meaningful for you. You know, we always say, hey, you know, the powers or as life coaches, the power is always within us, right? You know, we know right from wrong. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of challenge ourselves to rise to the best version of ourselves. One of the things I did recently is I memorialized a sister who I lost earlier this year, you know, broke my heart. I was having mm-hmm. a hard time dealing with this grief and, you know, to know her, you will understand why, because she was just such mm-hmm. a very positive force in this universe. Even up to the last day, you know, she was uplifting others, despite the fact that she was seeing her last days due to cancer. You know, who does that? So, mm-hmm. you know, this was somebody made from a tough steel, but in her honor, you know, we know she loved, you know, she loved to, you know, she loved goodwill, civic engagement. So, you know, we planned a book bag drive in the community, right in the hood where, you know, you wouldn't think to go because, you know, the media always, you know, reports, hey, you know, several shootings here. So you want to kind of stay away from this area. But I took myself into the neighborhood and we gave out book bags, you know, school supplies, and our goal was 50, right? And we ended up serving mm-hmm. 92, com- you know, families. And that made me feel good. Oh, and for a moment, I didn't care about who the hell was in office because I know I was doing my part <laughs> in making the community Hello. a better place. You know what I mean? Like, we were showing up and saving one another. Instead of waiting for somebody to come show up for us that doesn't have our best interests, we kind of need to find that common ground and that level of compassion and, and find ways that we can serve, you know, find something that you're passionate about and find a way to kind of bring that back to the, you know, to the universe because it's tenfold. So that kind of helps stay, you know, keep you out of that, you know, post-Trump <laughs> stress disorder, you know, as they coined it. He's a, I mean, I give it to him, though, you know, team. I give it to this, you know, administration and the head of the, the, the state that he is a powerful leader. And just because you're a powerful leader, that doesn't make you a good leader. He is a leader mm. at level two times 100. He has changed the <laughs> landscape of how we – no, this is serious. He changed the landscape mm-hmm. in how we execute mental health. I mean, there is a whole condition named after him. That's that's some powerful leadership there. Not positive, but he is going. He's making his impact, and he is going to be known in the books, right? He is changing how we're relating to one another, whether it's marriages or family. I've heard at least two divorces that's going forward because one, you know, part, you know, one partner is a staunch Trump supporter, and another just don't believe in that. So it's like, okay. Who did I marry? Who are you and who did I marry? Okay, maybe we're not meant to be together. And it's changing the trajectory and, you know, in marriages. So I won't be surprised, you know, five years from now if I see a a, a spike in divorce rates. 
So, yeah, wow. I'm I'm astounded, you know, that, that so that's another, you know, feeling that I might have. You know, I'm in total utter astonishment that he has this kind of power. But, you know, let's just yeah. hope that, you know, an impeachment is there because I think it's it's due given the mental, you know, capacity there and inability to make the proper decisions and we'll be able to kind of, you know, heal from that. You know, it's almost like Nixon, you know, part two. I, I, if if right. that makes any sense to you, yeah. So well, yeah, we, a lot we, of great we, we things though. Say. Yeah, a lot yeah. of great things it's, though that discuss though. Absolutely. Yeah, and we are actually in the last ten minutes of the show. Believe it or not, guys, we do have a caller. But the next time we go around, we want to kind of continue this trend that Russ and Irene have have started in terms of looking forward and what you can do both personally but also globally to, to move forward uh, despite what is happening in our country or, or to boldly influence it. Okay, so let's see. We have someone with the 860 area code. I'm putting your mic on. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, are you there? Would you like to... to Say something on the show. Hello? Hello? Yes. Yeah. Hi. What's your name and where are you calling from? This is Irene. No, that's Trina. Oh, Trina. Oh, well, I told Irene I was going to call that on her show. Um, okay. My name is Eric. Awesome. Hi, yes. Eric. Welcome. I don't. Wait, wait one second. Oh, oh. Um, hold on a second, ladies. Give me just one minute. Just one minute. Sorry. Before I say something. Okay. I know I know it's ten okay. minutes left, but give me one minute. Okay. All right. So so I'm gonna um pass the mic to Tanya. Tanya, sorry. And um please share what you think um can can help us to shift the energy and, and move to a different space in our country. Well that's a loaded question. Um <laughs> I would say we would probably need to start uh, the dialogue in our yep. schools, try to get people at Sorry a younger age. And um, I think we need to start with the younger generation, and the sooner the better. And I think it needs to be a mandated curriculum in our schools across the nation. We can't keep ignoring this anymore. And I think, um, like the gentleman from Atlanta said, it's always been here. But for some reason, I think the eight years with Obama made us feel like we were getting past it when underneath there was just a group of us that was just seething. So I think yeah. one suggestion I would, would definitely uh, think would make some changes is we have to put this racism in the school curriculum. We have to start talking about it from a very early level. We need to have commercials about it. Remember we used to have the commercial with the Indian about littering and the one tear coming down his mm-hmm. eyes, just about littering. If, mm-hmm. if we can get something like that rolling in, just to get that message out there 24-7 that this is going to kill us. You know, we can't keep, we just can't keep going at this energy level. This is this is going to kill us as a nation. It, it really is. And that would be my one suggestion. Yeah. Yeah, now that's powerful because, you know, one of the things that has come out uh, since the incident in Charlottesville is that 
we have been, okay. there have been some, uh, um, Eric, we'll come back to you just in a second. We'll, there have been some thought that, you know, that the kids who are growing up now, the millennials, were actually in some type of post-racial reality, that there wasn't as much racism when you find that there were so many young people who were there at that rally. So it's not that, um, that the racism didn't exist. It's just that they, we have become so PC as a country up until now that um, it, it wasn't cool to talk about your racist views, right. and so maybe it only was discussed at home. Um, so, so yeah, I, th- I think that's a great idea. So, Eric, um, we're going to ask you to uh, quickly share your perspective. Thanks for calling in. Oh, you hear me good? You hear me? Yes. Oh, okay, okay, yes. Um, well, the only thing I could say, and I tune in very late, as you know, as this country has always been, was always been founded by, you know, structural racism and institutions that, you know, we have to make a decision as a race people. Either we're going to create the institutions to really get the minds of our youth, or we're going to keep the perpetual cycle of, you know, institutional mm-hmm. racism and subjugation. I mean, that's race people. Mm-hmm. That's one thing you said. And one other thing, ladies, just a brief off topic, just a little bit. Um, I have here my friend in regards to, I was listening to the previous show in regards to people that have illness problems. Um, Mr. Miller, are you there? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Um, you, you could tell them a little bit about yourself briefly, so they have their short time. Oh, oh. Uh, and, uh, Hello? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. They can hear you. They can hear you. Is that you for me or for her? Uh, no, that's for you. No, no you can. Yeah, my name is, my name is uh, Terrence. I'm a. Uh, Matthew Health Consultant and a farmer for 20, 23, 24 years, and you know, looking at the same mechanism that created that institutional racism in institutions is the same mechanism that created the adulteration in the food that has caused so many different diseases. And mm-hmm. I, I hear people speak about uh, kind of making changes in what we eat which is a very small part of the problem, but we have to understand that all the food that we eat has been transfigured genetically, mutated. And, Absolutely. you know, by me being a natural health consultant and a farmer, I know that there was once upon a time when thyroid issues didn't exist with black women at all. Cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, Parkinson's disease, nor autism existed with black people in the late 80s. But all of a sudden, how did they create well, I look at the core things. They're genetic-born disease. So the only way they could occur is through genetic mutation. And the only thing that can create genetic mutation as a common denominator amongst all of the people, particularly us and other people, is the food. So when people say, well, we need to have better choices in food, and my, my, my response to that, there is none, except that we created ourselves. I've been fortunate enough to be able to uncover food that God created here that go back hundreds and thousands of years ago that's been discarded by the mainstream industry. And then, you know, we as society have put the onus and responsibility in their hands to provide what's best for us 
when they're Absolutely. number one out there because it's commerce. So if they're number, if they're number one out there because it's and commerce, this is And, and thank you so much. Us. I mean, that's a whole that's a whole huge issue that we could spend a whole nother show on, but it does tie in in some ways to really be part of what is um, ailing people. So thank you both for calling in. We have to um, quickly wrap up okay. our show. We really appreciate you sharing, sharing and and right. joining us this evening. So thanks All so right. much. All right, and thank you, Irene, for letting me call in. Welcome. Okay, wow, that hour went by really, really fast. Um, Frank, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna ask you if there are any um, solutions or or final words that you would like to say, and then we're gonna swing back to every person. I know we're at nine o'clock, but we do have a few more minutes. If you all are game to stay on the on the air for a few more minutes, so we can wrap the show cleanly. Of course. Sure. Okay. So Frank, sure. um, you're up. Any any other um, tips, suggestions, solutions that you would like to share that haven't been discussed already? Well, and, and not to shamelessly plug my own show, but on Undivided, we have a couple of different segments. One of them is called Bridging the Divide. And at the end of the show, it's, there's a segment called Common Ground. And so when I look at this situation, and I referenced it in the show open in my last episode because I felt it was really important, even though the show I had was about technology and using technology to bring people together, that we can achieve that through technology. And the technology is there now with Twitter and Facebook and with social media and YouTube for us to spread positive messages that are unfiltered by the media because I think the big media wants to drive fear as we talked about that negative news cycle, the fear machine as I call it. Um, And I'm a big proponent of Dr. King's, a big proponent of nonviolence. That was the most important and successful social justice movement in our country's history. And it was all based on nonviolence. So I don't think violence is anywhere in this equation. I think we have to have the bridge of the divide has to be in dialogue and nonviolence. And then the common ground has to be felt in, okay, you want a better life for you both now and in the future. You want a better life for your children. So do I. I want a better life for my friends and their kids. I want a better life in my own community. And I want a better life in America as large. How do we do that? And that's that's where that point has to come, that common ground, and then we take it from there. When we realize that violence is only going to create more violence, hatred is only going to create more hatred and jealousy and anger, we have to move to the point of love and respect for one another, respect for our viewpoints, and have some hope that this can move forward because of that common ground that we all want a better life. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have to take this. And that's where I think it has to start. And we have to learn from our history. We have to look at the movement with Dr. King. We have to look at what made that so successful. And that was all based and rooted on love and respect and a belief in a higher power. And we've got to then look at each other and say, we are called to love each other as brother and sister. And let's move on from there. 
powerful. Thank you. Because love, as Dr. King said, and I'm not, I will botch Thank this you. quote, so, but, <laughs> but Dr. King said that love has, is much more powerful than hate. Um, and it's true. Um, but it does sound, you know, Pollyanna to people, some people right now, but it is the underpinning of all of it. So thank you very much for, for sharing this hour, Frank. Really, really appreciate having you on. And when when does your show air? Oh, my show, Undivided, is the first and third Wednesday of every month at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Okay. Awesome. And um, Tanja, did you have anything else you would like to share, even if it's just to kind of let us know when your show is on? Um, we have just recently changed the form. I'm sorry, the date for what's Tanja talking about. Um, we are going to be moving our platform to Tuesday, and we haven't landed on a time yet, but we will be broadcasting every other Tuesday, trying to get on the air at least twice a month with, and Irene has just recently joined me to be my co-host with there. So we'll be going back and forth between the Power Network and what's Tanja talking about, but definitely look for us on Tuesdays twice a month. Awesome. Awesome. And thank you very much. I really appreciate your candor, your openness, your honesty about the struggle because we are all really um, struggling with all this, and I appreciate you bringing that voice into the conversation. Um, Russ, I'm going to give you the last word, so um, we'll go to Irene next. Yeah, um, you know, it was a great spirited conversation. You know, we you know we cracked open. You know, what was at the core of our unrest? We looked at the historical context, and we explored some solutions. And I just continue to implore others, you know, to continue to treat you know, others with care and compassion because it's not an easy world we're living in. And, you know, you never know if that, you know, that one measure of goodwill, you know, would, you know, make that one difference. But, you know, it all starts one person at a time. Absolutely. And look forward to seeing you and Tanja working together. That's great. I love collaboration. Thank you very much. Enjoy having you on the show. And um, so I will share. My name is Trina Ramsey, and I have um, I've been on hiatus for a few months with my monthly show, Career Talk with Coach Trina. We'll be coming back in October, and that is about all things career. And it is normally the second. Tuesday of the month at 8 p.m. I also am one of the sisters as part of the Revolutionary Sisters of the Diaspora, and that show is the third Thursday of each month at 7 p.m., and we talk about a lot of issues related to women of color in particular and social justice and uh, well-being, health, all of it. And uh, I also just wanted to share for me, part of what has helped me to navigate my own space is um, definitely not being as glued to the media as Russ and and, uh, Irene have talked about, but also really focusing on my life and the people in my life and making sure to embrace and be with the people that I love and to have those special moments. 
as well as really focusing on the things that I am doing in my business and my career because, yes, the, the rest of the world is going on, but you are in charge of your own life. And you get to choose how you focus your energy. So that is one of the things that I have been trying to do while certainly not acting as if the rest of the world, that none of that is happening because how could you not? But at the same time, I am slowly reclaiming my personal power and my space as well. So I am going to turn it over to you, Russ, to, to wrap us up for the evening. And thank you for your vision and your leadership in this space. Well, thank you, Trina, as my awesome COO, and you led the efforts for this show tonight, so I certainly want to express my gratitude to you for all of your efforts organizing this uh, in a very quick time frame, which is very impressive, Uh, and also to Frank, Tanja, and Irene for being on and sharing their insights. I think for me, the one thing, and I love, by the way, my favorite idea that I heard tonight was from... Tanja and the teaching racism in school. I think that's really mm-hmm. awesome and an incredible idea. And I'm hoping that there will be a teacher who's listening tonight who starts to embed that into their classroom, into their curriculum, because I think it's a really visionary idea and it's something that I wish I would have learned about in school. But I think a lot of people all over the world could benefit from it. So uh, excellent insight, Tanja, way to come up with a, an awesome solution. I think for me, the one thing that jumps out, it's a little bit off topic, but I think it is actually on topic. It's exercising self-care at this time, making sure that as we think about solutions for the rest of the world, we take care of ourselves also. Um, for instance, the reason I hopped on only on the second half of tonight's episode is I had monthly yoga tonight and that's important that helps me maintain calm and peace and I felt like it was important to keep that commitment and I'm in Brooklyn doing yoga and I wanted to be on the show so I'm walking from my yoga instructor's uh, home to the Brooklyn Bridge and I've never walked to the Brooklyn Bridge before I'm almost there and it's something that I've always wanted to do and I'm really looking forward to walking over the bridge. It's a beautiful night here in New York City, and I'm optimistic that I'm going to have some creative, quiet time and continue to think of ideas and solutions um, that can benefit a lot of us. So uh, even if you're frustrated about this, sad about this, everything that's going on, upset, it's all very understandable that you are, but... um, I encourage everybody to make sure that they still practice self-care because if we don't care for ourselves, uh, nobody else will. And the other solution, I think, is to continue having discussions like these. I think it's super cool that we have a full house tonight of three awesome black women and two cool white guys. And uh, (laughs) it's a great poker poker (laughs) hand. But I think the exchange of perspectives is really important. And to talk to people who are different from ourselves so that we can learn their perspective. You know, this affects our three black women who are on tonight probably more viscerally than it affects Frank and I. And even if we can't empathize with what you're experiencing, we can sympathize and we can learn about your experience. And hopefully that will give us ideas for 
what we can do. So um, with that, I'm grateful to Trina, Sanja, Frank, and Irene for being fantastic colleagues and co-hosts, and I'm certainly grateful to all of you who listened tonight, and uh, thank you for being consumers on the Life Coach Radio Network, and uh, if you have solutions for us that uh, you didn't get to call in about, go to our website, lifecoachradionetworks.com, and send us an email, and uh, I'll make sure to share it with the other hosts. Uh, Trina, I think that's it. I'll let you close us out. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for taking time on this Wednesday hump day evening um, in a very turbulent news cycle to really dig into the issues. And as Russ said, thank you to everyone who called in, and um, we really appreciate people jumping in and, and participating in the dialogue with us. Thank you to all of our co-hosts, and um, we are going to wrap the show. Everyone have a fantastic evening. Good night. You too, Trina. Good night, everyone. Good night. God bless you all.